Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. The week after Easter. Man, that's creative, ain't it? (laughs) Took it right from Pastor Luke earlier. Nah, I'm messing. Well, listen, um, uh, obviously, uh, as the title suggests, we are one week removed from uh, from Easter Sunday. And man, did we not have a great Easter service, man. It was such a great Sunday. Well, in John chapter 20, in the passage that we're going to be in today, it is also going to be one week removed from Resurrection Sunday. So we're going to get there. And uh, Jesus, uh, where we're going to be reading, Jesus has already been crucified. He's already been laid in the tomb and miraculously has already been risen from the dead. The stone uh, from the tomb has been rolled away and Jesus has already revealed himself to Mary Magdalene. And he's going to reveal himself more. And, um, and so he's going to reveal himself uh, to his disciples. But there is one disciple who is missing. And you might be wondering who that is. And I say, let's jump to uh, verse 19 and let's find out more. Okay, so here we go. John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, speaking of the day that Jesus was crucified, the first day of the week, which is Sunday, the doors being locked where the disciples were were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness with any, it is withheld. So as the, um, um, as the scripture suggests, the disciples, they're together, they're discouraged, and they are afraid. Their Savior's just, uh, 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 their Messiah had just been crucified, and they are there in service, and uh, I'm sorry, in a room together, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. He encourages them. He gives them a word for their time uh, in the season, in their moment, and the Holy Spirit comes, and then he sends them out to share about Jesus. Listen, these guys just had church. That's basically what happened. And from there, he would then go forth and do more. But again, as I mentioned before, there was someone who was missing. So let's continue reading. Verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples, they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark, the, uh, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about Thomas, okay? Just so we get an understanding of who he is. You see, After Jesus commissions the disciples to go into all the world, Thomas was there, and he went on to become an apostle of Christ. This was the beginning of the church era, and it is believed that Thomas would become a missionary 
and he journeyed eastward from Jerusalem to share the gospel to the world. While some believe that he traveled to and through Iran, it is universally believed that Thomas took the gospel to South India. He first arrived there on the coast of Kerala, where he would begin to share the gospel with everyone. His message was popular and began to draw large crowds, and he would go from city to city, town to town, and village to village, where he would share the gospel uh, uh, with people. He would share Jesus. And in doing so, people began to place their faith in Jesus and were born again. While this message drew many faith seekers, it created enemies for Thomas as well. And it is strong belief that Thomas was eventually martyred for his bold witness for Christ in South India, possibly near the city of Chennai of Tamil Nadu. And uh, Thomas was a faithful minister of Christ. And many credit the Apostle Thomas for being the first missionary to bring Christ to the country of India. Even today, you will find churches named after the Apostle Thomas in the southern region. Now, although we don't know very much about him, we do know that he went on to do great things for Jesus. Now, in light of these things, knowing this, we go back to our text today. And while, again, while Thomas went on to do great things for God, Currently, in this moment, he was facing hardships in his life, okay? There's three things we're going to see here in this passage as we go along. And the first thing is that Thomas would not believe. Thomas would not believe. John chapter 20, we're going to pick up in verse 24. This is what he says. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the hands of the mark, and unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into them and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Thomas was in despair. He would not believe in the resurrection. He was struggling with doubt. And at one point, he believed in Jesus he walked with Jesus, and he saw him do great and mighty things, and he believed that Jesus could do all things, but he had lost hope and could not see Jesus doing the things that he said he was going to do. Now, if we were to put ourselves in Thomas's shoes where he was, I think that we too might also have doubted. And maybe at some point in our life, we too have doubted. We may have imagined you know, God can never use me. God, what God did for those people, what he did for them, I don't know if he'll ever do it for me. You know, because I was hurt, I'm never going to believe. You know, maybe we've had those thoughts before and maybe, maybe someone is here today that is struggling with those very same thoughts. But it is important to note that there are times in the Bible that gives us an example of things we should do, but also gives, an ex gives us an example of things that we shouldn't. And here is an example of what we shouldn't do. You see, Thomas allowed his despair to turn into calamity, and he allowed his disappointment to turn into adversity. Sure, things were bad, but by isolating himself from the other disciples, he made things worse. One thing that Pastor Ron says is very true and rings true for Thomas that no matter how bad things are, 
we can always make things worse. But although that was true for Thomas, we got to remember this was not the end of his story. Thomas was having a serious moment of unbelief in his life at this point. Yet, as mentioned before, he went on to do great things for Jesus. Sure, things were bad, but by isolating him, I'm sorry, this was, I jumped up on accident. This moment of disappointment would not be the last thing that we hear about Thomas. Listen, there's going to be moments in life of doubt, despair, disappointment, and they come. Maybe they've happened in the past. Maybe we're going through them now and surely in the future. But one thing that is true when we look at the Apostle Thomas is that it does not have to be the end of the road and it does not have to be the story of our life. It may be what we are going through today, but it does not have to be our tomorrow. Thomas was holding on to his disappointment. He was holding on to it. So much so that it isolated himself from other believers, and he was claiming it as his own fate in life, but God had other plans. You see, our adversity does not have to become our identity. Let me say it again. Our adversity does not have to become our identity. What we go through does not have to be what we turn into. Therefore, let's not claim our current circumstances or what happened in the past as our future outcome. But instead, let's open up our hearts and let's open up our hands and allow God to change our doubt into belief. Amen? Amen, amen. Trust and believe that God can do and will do what he has promised he will do in your life. So that's the first thing we see. The second thing that we see is that Jesus met Thomas where he was at. I love this. Thomas clearly, he, he said that he would never believe. But then Jesus met him where he was at. Verse 26, eight days later, and this is where I get our sermon title for today, eight days later, which would be a week from that day, eight days from Sunday to Sunday is eight days. So uh, a week from that day, the Sunday after Jesus rose from the dead, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Now, as we read before, Jesus had already appeared to the disciples. And he gave them a word, but Thomas wasn't there. Yet, Jesus appeared again, but this time, I believe it was for Thomas. He showed up for Thomas. Jesus met him where he was. Why? I'm sure that there are many reasons why Jesus did show up, but I believe that one of those reasons was for Thomas. And it was because he was important to the plan of uh, of the gospel going forth. Listen, I don't think it's by accident that Thomas ended up as a missionary to India. I believe that God intended it for the entire time. But Thomas was facing a moment and Jesus was not gonna leave him there. He showed up right in the middle of his moment. 
You see, Jesus knew his thoughts. He knew his doubts. And knowing this, he was providing an op- another opportunity for Thomas to believe. You know, Jesus will plan a whole, a whole service just for you. Jesus, he will show up in the middle of a moment just for you, just for me. He will plan things just so he can reach you. And listen, I know because he did it to me. Listen, I remember I was going, you know, I started going to church because a young lady was inviting me who became one of my good friends. And they, and they were talking about summer camp. And listen, I, I wasn't interested. But then they said they were having a basketball tournament. <laughs> Man, listen, that's all you had to say for me. Listen, God knew that if, he, that if he wanted to get my attention, that he, was, that he would have to use basketball. And I believe that he planned that entire, sun, that entire summer camp, making sure that basketball was there just to get me there. Now listen, I'm sure I was not the only person. But you know what? He was thinking about me. And I went there to play basketball. And let me tell you, that first night I believed. I placed my faith in Jesus and I got born again that Day, man, come on. Listen, it was basketball, but Jesus used it to meet me where I was at. And listen, God will meet you where you are because you are that important to God. Listen, it doesn't matter what point in our life. Listen, there's going to be moments where we go through hard times, but let me tell you that Jesus is not going to leave you by yourself. He's not going to leave you on your own. God had a plan for Thomas. And it was, he was important to God's plan. Therefore, therefore, Jesus showed up just for Thomas so that he would believe again. And in the same way, you are important to God's plan. Listen, many times we imagine, listen, well, this is, this is the apostle Thomas. He was in the Bible. Of course, Jesus is going to show up for him. But later down in, the, in that same passage, what Jesus says, he says, you believe because you saw me? Greater and blessed are those who, who without seeing me and still believe. Listen, he says that you are even greater. We are even more blessed because we believe without seeing Jesus. Listen, it, you are important to God because whatever God creates and whatever God plans, I promise you it, is, it does not go without value and it doesn't go without importance. You are important to him, and guess what? You are important to his plan. Now listen, I believe that God has already prepared an answer for us in our due season, and he's prepared a word for us in church. You see, Thomas, when he went back with the body of believers, guess what? Jesus showed up. God will plan it. Now listen, God, God he, he will reach out to us. It doesn't, he can reach out to us wherever we're at. It doesn't have to be in church. But I believe that no matter what, God is always going to point us back to church. Why? Because church is not a man-made idea. It is not a man-made idea, but instead it is a church, church is a God-ordained institution. It is created by God himself. And it is the body of Christ in the earth today, meaning that we take the place of Jesus in doing the work of God here on earth. That's us. The church is important to God. Therefore, we should value it as well. And listen, I know I'm preaching to the choir today, but I think it's important. I think that, God, I think that, that, was, that was there for a reason. It's for somebody today. So thank you for, uh, for going with me there. But don't give up on yourself. Believe. So that was the second thing and the third thing. So 
Thomas wouldn't believe. Jesus showed up where he was at. And then thirdly, we see that Thomas, Thomas believed. He eventually believed. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Thomas comes to realization that Jesus really is who he says he is. And he will do what he says he will do. Seeing the resurrection, seeing Jesus for himself, Thomas's faith in Jesus is renewed just like that. And what I find interesting is that he said, unless I get to touch his wounds, I will never believe. But when Jesus shows up, he gives him the opportunity and it's not indicated that he even had to do it. His whole claim of the only way I would believe went out the window when he saw Jesus. It was all he needed. The resurrection was all he needed. And at that moment, he believed. You know, Jesus wants us to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to believe. That's to believe his word. That's to believe in him and believe that what he has called us to do, that he will prepare us for it so that we can accomplish what he's called us to do. Thomas's faith in God was reactivated. He was looking for that, he was looking for that opportunity, and, God, and Jesus is looking for the same opportunity all the time in our life to reactivate our faith. But I want to get to the to the phrase he said, my Lord and my God. You know, that response, I believe, is, is a, a, a snapshot of what happens when we truly give our lives over to Jesus. You see, he doesn't say the Lord. He says, my Lord. He doesn't say the Lord. He says, my Lord. And listen, it's true that Jesus, he is Lord over all. But there is a difference in him saying that. He wasn't just saying that the Lord is over, over all. He said that Jesus is Lord over my life. That he has dominion in my life. He was saying, Jesus, I can trust you. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I can follow you. I can depend on you. He's saying, Jesus, I yield my life over to you. And in the same way, we can trust Jesus with our life. There's a difference when we say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are Lord in my life. We can depend on him to make a way even when we can't see a way. We, when times are bad, we can trust in him. But guess what? When times are good, we can still trust in him. No matter the outcome, we can still proclaim that God is good. Chandon, all the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen? But then he also says, my God. My Lord and my God. You know, God is eternal in nature. And he also has all authority in his hands. The sustainer, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, but he's also the savior of our souls. And Thomas was saying, he is my God. He is my God. You know, when we come to Christ, he becomes our personal savior in our life. Not just in this life, but also in the life to come. And listen, I'm thankful for everything Jesus is gonna do in my life and what he has done. And listen, I want Jesus to keep blessing me. I want Jesus to continue to, to move in my life and continue to add to my life. But I promise you, what Jesus does for our life today pales in comparison to what he's gonna do in heaven. Amen? And the next life, listen, the Bible tells us 
that he's going to, that, that when Jesus returns, he's going to transform us from the inside out and we're going to be made just like him. It tells us that if our faith is in Jesus, that, he, that, 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 that our names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. Man, I don't know, man, whenever, whenever I heard that as a teenager, I don't know, for some reason, I just imagined that happening and thinking like, man, that is, that is the greatest thing that can ever happen. And I can't wait to see that day for my name to be written in the, nam, in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible tells us that he will wipe every tear from our eye and he will welcome us into paradise with him in heaven forever. The Bible tells us that there will be no sighing, no crying, no dying. Listen, that is the hope that Jesus offers us. And you know, uh, Pastor Ron is presented, you know, he, he's given me the opportunity to go around the world. And I've been to Haiti, I've been to India. And, um, you know, I see some of these people and that we meet and they've given their life to Jesus. And, you know, they don't really have a whole lot, but yet they have this smile on their face. And they are so, they have so much joy because they know they have a hope that they hold on to that when Jesus comes back, everything will be made new. Everything will be better. Everything will be okay. And I love seeing it in their eyes and in their heart. And you know what? The same hope that Jesus gives them is the same exact hope that Jesus gives us. Let me tell you that the hope that he gives us is more than enough. It is more than enough. And listen, what Jesus gives us today, listen, he has blessed us so we can be a blessing. And so I want Jesus to keep blessing us, and, 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 and we should want it. But as we look forward to what Jesus has to offer us, it's pales in comparison. What he, what he, is, what he has given us far, far outweighs what we have in this life. Amen? So listen. A few, or, or uh, uh, let us trust God with, when times are difficult and let us not forget him when times are good. Let us trust God when times are difficult and let us not forget him when times are good. We have two takeaways today. Number one, don't allow adversity to claim your identity. Let's decide that what we went through in the past is over. We're not gonna hold on to it. We're going to decide that today I'm going to believe what God has for me regardless of what I'm facing today or what I faced yesterday. Let's choose not to claim our current circumstances as our future outcome. And what we went through in the past does not have to be what defines the rest of our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's point number one. And the second takeaway, trust God's future over your present circumstance. God holds our future in his hands. If we trust in him, he will navigate us through our trouble and straight into our purpose. He will navigate us through trouble into our purpose. Listen, today you might be here and you know that today that you're not sure that you've given your life to Jesus. Maybe those who are watching online, you're not sure that you have given your life to Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity. We're gonna pray a quick prayer and there's no power in the prayer, but there's, but there's power in the faith that we pray. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And listen, the greatest thing that can ever happen is if we believe today. 
So we're going to pray a prayer. And when I pray this, I want us all to pray together. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Marcus, I'm not sure that I'm saved and I want to be, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer in faith. Those who are watching online, I want you to pray this prayer in faith. Everybody say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. And I open up my heart and I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior and help me to follow you. Eradicate my past and I follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Listen, if you pray that today, whether you're here or whether you are online, if you pray that in faith, the Bible says today that you are born again. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.